Hello and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie and as ever I am joined by my two co-hosts Angus and Dan. How are you boys? Good, thanks Jamie. Yeah, not bad Jamie. I'm glad you can join us this Sunday. Yeah, it's a, it feels weird actually coming on. I know, was it two or three I've missed? I know I recorded with Angus on Thursday for the Extra Time pod, but yeah, it's good to be back for the main pod and discuss all things gaffer. So for the listeners this week, uh, we're not going to preview game week six at all, considering that there's an international break. We are going to record next Sunday and just do a transfer recap and then a little preview of game week six. This podcast is just everything from game week five that's just finished. So we'll go through our teams, how we did this week. Um, we'll then run down all 12 games from the weekend, uh, discussing all the key points from a fantasy points of view. And then we have got a, three or four questions from the listeners and we'll go through them. So nice and sweet. Um, game week five, Angus, shall I start with you? Yeah, why not? Um, so it's all set to play away days. Been planning towards away days, and I ran into about five different issues at once. So not only did I not play the away days, I actually overhauled. And the thing that triggered me to do that was actually the news of Femi Aziz's injury, which just gave me one too many issues to to sort of deal with even even sort of making tr- making my normal transfers um i think i'm well set up now i scored 73 um which was enough for a green arrow um matt phillips's last second assist uh mitrovic uh captain slanky who got five so doubled up to 10 so it wasn't so bad vice captain carl and grant who didn't really do anything but then i had townsend and norrington davies at the back who scored me nine each so 73 can't complain too much about that um moving in the right direction now are you happy with your overall i know you were forced into it you hadn't planned it but i know you scored 73 so it always looks good if you score well in the first week but you're happy with your squad going forward now and you've got a plan yeah for the next 10 weeks till the second phase comes in yeah so i mean i've got sort of a an initial plan for away days and a backup plan for away days. So, um, and I think I've got most of the bases covered at this point. There'll be the odd thing I sort of cycle through with transfers, but in terms of in the, in the immediate term, I'm much happier with where my team is at this point. So all in all, I think it was probably sort of worthwhile. Good stuff. Dan, what about you then? You played the away days, didn't you, this week? Yeah, so I played the away days. Obviously, I've been planning it since before the game launched. Oh, well, before game week one. And a bit of a disappointing one. I got 104 minus four. Um, not too much to shout about. It's really defence that really saved me. I had double, double West Brom defence and Zamora from um, Bournemouth. Otherwise, it would have been a shout. Considering some of the away days I've seen I, I got away pretty lightly um, obviously we've said a few times on the pod we'd have liked closer to 150 minimum 120 but I truly believe it for my team it was the best date uh, best week to play it um, just Bournemouth and West Brom didn't get the results even though the stats show they probably should have got a few more goals so 
just one of those weeks. Um, I think I've I've hit the overhaul button, so I will be overhauling over the uh, international break, and I'm looking forward to building a team. Uh, hopefully, I'll claw back some of some of the points I feel like I've lost. But um, I'm 90th in the world, so it obviously it was a green arrow. So yeah, I'm fairly happy. That's fantasy football for you, though, Insis. I think you're not the only one who's played away. Is I think the majority of engaged players um, have played it this week. Like you said, Angus, you were going to play it if you want to have issues. So it's one of them. You see the Bournemouth game. We'll discuss that um, a bit later on in the pod. But it just doesn't. When it doesn't go your way, it's horrible. Insis and West Brom. With I thought they were going to absolutely batter Peterborough, um, and I was really worried not having Solanke not having any West Brom forwards so I came out of it okay in a, says a major part of luck I scored 94 points um, I rolled a transfer for this one I don't know how many score 94 by rolling a transfer but obviously I'm going to take it and run it as fast as I can I had Jed Wallace as captain um, your shout is one of the best picks Angus for this week he picked me up 30 points. Townsender's vice-captain, he picked me up 13. And then, other than that, really, there was Mitrovic's 12, Karoma got 8, Robinson and McNair, 7 and a 6. But other than that, there was nothing there. So, it's the captains, really, that got me up to that score. That's given me, obviously, a green arrow up to 119th. So, really happy with that. But it just shows how close it is, though, because before the West Brom um, points got corrected, um, I was on 96 because uh, Townsend's extra two points. And I was, I think I was 90th overall then. So I dropped 30 places just off two points. So that's how close it is at the moment. So I'm not going to get carried away, but obviously delighted with the start I've made. And then I can start planning now with three boosts in my pockets to attack, hopefully. And fingers crossed they go my way. But yeah, that's me. You know, listeners know me. I'm not one to brag, honestly. I've not screenshotted that and put it on my fridge at all. <laughs> but we'll move on. We'll move on. And we will now review game week five. Um, Dan, you're going to do the home teams. Is that right? Yeah, that's so, right. Angus, you're doing the away. And I'm just here doing nothing and my main job is really just directing you to what game we're going to talk about but I don't know what order you two have done your notes in so oh did you I started when I was doing my notes earlier on I started doing it that way and I stopped halfway through um so Dan first game then what is the first Uh, game you've got I've got Derby Forest right so God, this is going good. And so about the listeners are thinking, what the fuck is going on here? You have one um, job, Jamie. One job on this podcast. <laughs> I, I did start doing it while I was watching the highlights earlier on, and then I kind of forgot to start write notes halfway through because I was just watching the highlights, and I was like, oh, I might as well give up now. Uh, but yeah, Dan, take us away then. Derby yeah. one, Forest one. So um, Derby started started with no striker today. Uh, obviously, Kazim Richards is um, 
is out long term and Bulldog wasn't in the squad. Um, so there was a couple of key points in this game. Uh, there was the Forsyth stamp. Did he mean it or not? And that was when it was nil-nil. Um, and then there were a couple of shouts for penalties for Derby. Um, but Derby's goal um, was a great over uh, through ball over the top by Forsyth, and Lawrence just latched onto it. A great defended by Bong, and um, yeah, Lawrence. We know Lawrence has that in his locker. He's he's just so unpredictable, but it was a good finish. Um, and then the only other thing really for Derby was uh, Stretton, the young striker, came on and missed a really big chance. Um, looking at big chances, it was 1-0 to Derby. Um, as I said in the previous pod, I, I feel like Derby aren't really a, tar- a team to target. They've got a lot of experienced players, or, unless it's maybe against Fulham or, or, West, or West Brom. I don't know what you feel with that, Jamie. Derby have surprised me. Um, but then when you actually look at their 11, it is actually quite strong. There's a lot of experienced championship players there. So I agree with you. I wouldn't target them. I just wouldn't rush to bring anyone in. Nobody interests me. Um, I don't know what's happening regarding Derby and the FL, whether they'll be able to sign players um, on deadline day. For the listeners, we are recording Bank Holiday Monday night. So there's a day left to the transfer window. I still don't think. I think Rooney's doing a good job there. They do need to add a bit of depth. But from the highlights, obviously I didn't watch the game. But first off, they were really good. And I think they should have buried Forrest in the first half. Um, obviously that wasn't the case. And Forrest came into it, which Angus will go through in a second. But yeah, completely agree with you. I wouldn't target them like I'd target other teams. Like Forrest, for example. And that yeah. leads us on to Forest Angus. Yeah, so I mean, Forest, lucky to come out of this with a draw. Um, they were lucky not to concede a penalty, as Dan said. I mean, I think it's a stonewall shout against Joe Worrell, sticks his arm out. You know, he knows exactly what he's doing. There's two Derby players waiting behind him if he doesn't sort of stop it with his arm. So to me, that's a clear penalty. Um I think Lawrence had a chance to make it two decent change from uh, decent save from Samba. Stretton had the chance, which uh, McKenna actually managed to get his knee on. I think it was given as a goal kick, but it was actually a really good block. Um, They came into it a little bit more in the second half. Obviously, um, I think once Mighton came on, he made a big difference. Um, Johnson got the goal uh, late on. Um, I think you'd probably ask questions of the keeper there. It looked sort of very close to him. It was hit very sweetly, but that close to the keeper, you'd sort of be hoping that he would stop it. Um, and then, Dar- like, I don't know how Scott McKenna's got away with the trying to swap shirts with Curtis Davis before the end of the game. Um, oh, that was a shocker. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea how he's got away with that. Um, so I think Forrest... You know, it's their first point of the season and you could e- you could easily see a day where they lose that two or three and they're still sitting there on zero and have just lost to Derby in the Derby. So I think they have to take that and a run. Yeah, I think 
from the eye, like second off, it looked like they were a lot better. They started to attack more, which I haven't seen them do yet this season. They're very defensive. We know Houston's a defensive manager anyway, but they're ridiculously uh, defensive. I think one positive for Forrest is Joe Worrell's back now. Um, that was his first game, so he's obviously been a massive miss. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I don't see how they're going to improve because they're so poor. Martin, I feel sorry for. He looks lively. Um, he did when he come on in this game. He looked lively the other week against Stoke. He just didn't have anybody there. And I would you one question on Forrest. Would you still have Zinkenegel in your team if you could game in? No. Dan? No. It's a shame because he's a really good player. But, um, he's good for bonus and things like that. But they just... They, it's just um, Hewton, isn't it? Because if you look at their front four, what it can be, Zinkenegel, Johnson, might and may, they maybe need another uh, striker to grab him and Taylor ain't great, but they just don't create anything. I saw it plenty of times against Stoke down at our place. Martin looked lively. He was carrying the ball forward quite a lot. And then he'd beat the fullback, look up, and there's absolutely nobody in sight. He's then got to come backwards and start again, and it's quite disappointing. I agree. The 11 on paper is a good team, really, with Worrell back in there, because I like McKenna as well. Um, not talking about the Curtis Davis pull, which is a clear pass, but otherwise he is a solid centre back, especially for Championship. Um, Bong, he's yeah, but he'll with... be going out with with low brought in. Yeah, and they've Bong got uh, playing anymore. We've got a side two two who's going to go play at right back as well, isn't they? So yeah, I think James Garner, James Garner's in back in as well now. But... Quality player in the middle, so you never know they might turn around, but. From what we've seen so far with the evidence, you can't go anywhere near them. And I'd target them myself personally because they're that bad. Um, but let's see. Um, second game then. I haven't got the running order, but I do remember it was Fulham 3, Stoke 0. Um, shall we skip past this one? or? No, this is a great one to talk about. <laughs> not, not for me, it's not. As I've had no <laughs> Fulham. But, um, go on and take us away. Yeah, so Fulham won 3-0 against Stoke. I think this was like the big test. We were all waiting to see how good Fulham really were, uh, really are. Uh, they made a f- uh, few interesting uh, selections. Adoy obviously came in at right back because Tete was out. Wilson came back from his red card. Uh, Reed and Carvalho also started. And um, yeah, it's, it's, this was a big test because I... As you guys all know, I've I've fancied Stoke to finish top six, and from the highlights, it looked this was very comfortable. Um, obviously, Mitro and Wilson getting a goal and assist. Um, Mitro also missing a penalty. Uh, he's just signed a new contract extension, so I'm finding it very hard for Fulham not to be in that top two. Uh, six big chances to one. And this is against a team who I think are going to be top six as well. Um, so, yeah, I was hoping for like it might be a 1-0 Fulham or a 0-0. Uh, 
Um, but for, obviously, I got rid of Mitrovic on the away days and he punished me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, I think we might have definitely double with Fulham going forward, probably treble. And what, what's interesting is that big chance is the first big chance they've conceded all season. They're good. I know they've they let the odd goal here and there, but they're good defensively as well. So uh, I'll be absolutely shocked if Fulham ain't got to. I don't know what you think, uh, Jamie. I don't know if you've had more information as you're a Stoke uh, Stoke fan. If you watched extended highlights or anything, um, I haven't seen anything yet. I was at work. I was seeing two off there. I was at cricket, uh, so I was just getting updates while I was on the pitch. Um, so obviously that wasn't too good. Um, but from the highlights I've seen, um, they did mention that Stoke played some good football again. But from the highlights of what they actually showed, it was all Fulham. Um, and from what I've read, like from all the Stoke pages that I follow and stuff like that, we weren't bad. It's just Fulham were unbelievable. Um, when you look at the team, it's. I said West Brom to win the league, but then now I'm looking at it and thinking, how can you not back Fulham at the moment? Especially with Harry Wilson there, he's back now. He's at the post as well, so he could have had a massive haul. Reed, he's got a goal. I think that's his first goal in a while, though, but I think that'll do in the world of good. They've just got quality all over the pitch. Um, I don't really know what else to say on Fulham because they're just that good. Um, it's going to be one of them, like Norwich that we had last year, where you couldn't really say anything else other than, yeah, you've got to have Wendy and Pookie. Um, we do yeah. have a question on Fulham, though, before we talk about anything else, and it is FPL Full of Ham, which he's got a Fulham badge um, as his logo, so I'm guessing he's a Fulham fan. He has asked, I'm going to triple up with Mitrovic, Carvalho and Wilson. Um, it's hard not to be overexcited as a Fulham fan at the moment, but having been a bit too hard to have read with those three. So, could you... I've got Free. I've got Carvalho Mitrovic, but I've got Robinson at the back as well. Would you go them free? I'll start with you, Angus. I don't think so. Okay. Um, so obviously I was on, I didn't have Wilson. I was on Tete, um, Carvalho and Mitrovic. And like as Dan was saying, with how good they've been defensively, you can go that way, absolutely. But I would probably look to have one of the one of the defenders in. If Tete's still going to be out, I'd possibly look to go to to Robinson. But I think with how solid they've been defensively, and then they're pushing the fullbacks up to support the attack as well. So you've almost got the best of both worlds if you get a Fulham fullback in there as well. So I think I I would probably go with a defender, one of Wilson and Carvalho and Mitrovic as the three for me. Okay, what about you, Dan? So, um, obviously, I'm on my overhaul and I've just mucked around with it a little bit. And I've got uh, Mitrovic and Wilson in it at the minute. Um, as Angus said about the defence, um, I want to see, uh, see about Tete because I think he does better for bonus. Yeah. Um, so I, I would have Tete, but if not, yeah, Robinson's definitely an option. Um, I don't hate the triple up. But I think there's there's a lot of good lower price players um, that you don't need to. Um, the other thing is, do you need both Wilson and Mitrovic? Um, I personally 
think he has to now. After this weekend, <laughs> where they both got to go and assess, maybe. <laughs> so basically, what we're saying then is Gaffer needs to give us four foreign players. Yeah. It'd be boring if it was that. Basically, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you need. And see, that, that would get you a lot of points. Um, I agree with having a defensive player. Obviously, I've had Robinson over Tate. Um, Dan says uh, that Tate's better over bonus, though, which is quite interesting. I didn't know that. But from watching for my prefer Robinson, yeah, that's the reason I went in. But then you've got a massive decision between Carvalho, who's absolutely quality, but he's dirt cheap in the game, and then Harry Wilson, who's quality as well, but he's a premium midfielder. So it kind of depends how you are on budget, really, doesn't it? Well, I think it was interesting, um, if you guys remember, um, going into game week two, there was this massive conversation about, is Harry Wilson better to captain than Mitrovic? And my argument was Mitrovic will score 20 goals minimum and he he's more reliable. Now, that doesn't mean Wilson can't outscore him. He'll, he'll do better on bonus like he did this week. But everything's going towards Mitrovic. If you want a captain, you captain Mitrovic, in my opinion. Because um, a lot of people got stung on that game week too. I know he got, I know he got sent off. It's a bit of a... Bit of a freak uh, incident, but that's going to be the next question, which could be interesting. I find this quite interesting because if I don't know if you remember this from, I think it was our last pod before the season started. I don't think I actually said it on the pod. I said it off air before. I wanted to go without Mitrovic, but I only had him, so I didn't get left behind. Could you imagine if I didn't have actually <laughs> owned him yeah. for these five game weeks? I'd be fucked now. He's the guy's unreal yeah. at championship level and see he is unreal. And like you say, if you don't know who to choose as captain for the upcoming game week, just put it on Mitrovic and I'm sure you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was another team playing. It's not all yeah. about Fulham. Um, did you see or hear anything regarding Stoke in this game, Angus? Um, so not a lot. I mean, I'd I'd hate to be someone who wrote an article bigging up that Stoke could be the third team at the top of the championship this season before this game happened. But uh, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it sounded like Stoke did almost as well as anyone's going to do at Craven Cottage this season. I mean, I'm sure teams will there will be teams that will be closer in the scoreline. But I mean, you know, as Dan said, they're the only ones that have sort of had a big chance against them. I think, you know, Fulham are just in such a rhythm at the moment. Wilson comes back in there and even then they don't miss a beat that it was always going to be tough for Stoke. Um, I guess we should also just make a positive mention. Yes, we talked about Mitrovic missing the penalty. Bursic saved it. Like We should, we should give some credit to, to Bursic. Well. Top, top save. <laughs> He gambled um, to the left and he went 100% all yeah. in, didn't he? Um, so I think, you know, that that's, but that was probably Stoke's biggest moment of the game, which, you know, is is telling really. So I think, you know, it wasn't, probably wasn't as bad 
well, it wasn't as bad as it could have been with some of the other chances. But I think it's one of those where that might, um, depending on how you look at Fulham and West Brom, that might be the toughest game you're going to have all season. And it's out of the way now. So um, it probably wasn't great, but, you know, it's done now. But also, Stoke have good fixtures coming full, uh, going forward, don't they? Sure. Yeah, it was this fun yeah. game, which was, I said to Angus on Thursday, I think, it came at the wrong time because we just obviously had a positive start. If we could have kept going, built a bit more momentum, it might have been different, but this was always a test. There is some noise from the Stoke fans about going up, which I don't like this early on in the season. Um, I'm not like that at all, but I did say this is the test, this will show us where we're at but then now after it's gone I completely disagree because they are just so good Yeah. so I don't think until we play somebody else 10 to 15 game weeks in who are up there I don't think we'll Well, know them that'll be the big test because you've got a great run of 5 coming up Mm. then uh, 11, 12, 13 you play West Brom, Sheffield United Bournemouth back to back to back Sheffield United are toss anyway, so I don't care about yeah, that. But in theory, in theory you'd, you, you'd, <laughs> you'd think if they're given, if you if they're going to be anything what we thought, then they should be that by game week 12. But certainly having Brom in 11 and Bournemouth in 13 should be a good test. Absolutely. But let's move on now from Stoke. And who's the next game? QPR Coventry. QPR to Coventry now. Good result for QPR. Dan, what did you make of QPR? Yeah, so um, QPR had a more recognisable um, team this week. Uh, Odebejo came back in at right wing back. They played McCallum. Uh, I think Wallace is still out injured. Um, Dykes was on the bench. Um, from what I heard, Coventry were the better team in the first half. Um, and QPR just brought on uh, Dykes and he, he scored. and Yeah, so our bet's looking pretty decent, Angus. Goal <laughs> score bet now. Um, but yeah, look, I was. Um, it's, it's, it's quite weird with QPR. I've not been like really impressed with them, and the, and the stats sort of back it up. Like, they've only created three big chances out of these first five games. So. Maybe it's just the case that they've got uh, a lot of better uh, quality players like Chair, Willer, Dykes that they that they're able to outdo XG and big chances. But if you if you think back at a lot of the goals, they've been long range shots or, or things like that. So maybe they are just overperforming. Um, they have been heavily linked with Andre Gray today. I don't know whether you guys rate him or not, but he is another option. Um, yeah, Angus is so like nearly yeah. pissing himself, and I'm shaking my head for those who can't see us. Uh, yeah, not a massive fan of that deal. Yeah, so Coventry, uh, obviously QPR won 2-0. Uh, they've now got the whole international break. I know it's been a bit, they've had players in and out, um, Austin hasn't started games. Chair missed the first couple. Dykes has been in and out. Maybe they need an international break. Um, and 
get some rhythm on on the training pitch. Um, but look, they're doing really well. The league table don't lie. They're in the they're in the playoffs, and that's where we thought they were going to be. So yeah, um, definitely got options all the way throughout the team. Uh, big question is 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 Dicky going to stay? I haven't seen too many rumours, but he's a massive player for them. So, yeah, I don't know what you thought about that, Jamie. Keep you agree with. I, I didn't realise, tell you that on the art, so they've won four, um, four out of the last six. So, obviously, you can't grumble at that. Um, but I, I agree with what you say. I had, well, I've still got Willock in my team, but I'm planning on selling him. Uh, Dykes, Angus Fox is over with him in the pod team. Brought him in when he was injured, sold him when he comes on and scores. Uh, just our luck, that is. Uh, but I agree the international break has come at the right time for them. They need to keep Dickie. If they've got any chance of going up, Dickie needs to stay. Uh, but I would be surprised if he does move because it has been quiet regarding his name, so it would come out of the blue if it does. Um, other than that, I think they're just going steady. I, I am going to backtrack on me saying they'll go up top two. Um, now I've seen how good Fulham and West Brom, well, especially Fulham, um, are, but I, I do think they'll finish in the playoffs still. I think they've got a good enough team, they've got the depth, and I think the performance against Barnsley the other week just sums that Warburton team up. They got battered that first half. Barnsley well-deserved the lead, and then to come back second half, I think that just shows what they're about this season. Um, Coventry, Angus... Obviously, they've made a good start. Surprise package so far. Um, Warburton did say um, Coventry were the better team in the first half. So, what did you make of it? Yeah, I I agree, actually. I thought, from what I saw, I thought Coventry were very good. Um, they've obviously built it on a good defence, and I think you could see that with the way they played against QPR, but they did have chances going the other way. I think one of the things we've steadily seen is particularly... Martin Waghorn settling more into the team um, up front with um, Gokarez. I think they, they've sort of been forming quite a good partnership. And I think as they get more familiarity, that will help them going forward. Um, you obviously had more with a great save to deny Chair from the free kick, tipping it onto the bar. Um, I think he's he's looked very good for them in goal so far, which I think helps... Um, with what is a solid team in front. But when you've got a keeper behind that, that you can trust as well. That makes a big difference. Um, obviously, they're, they're seventh in the table after five games. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. But I think they've shown enough for me so far to think they're not going to be in any trouble. I agree. Um, in terms of Gaffer, though, any options that stand out to you? I'm not saying who you'd bring into your team next week, but you know anyone that you're keeping an eye on that might be any interest to the listeners. Well, I'm I'm currently doubled up on Coventry. So. Who are they? Uh, well, I've got more still, obviously. Yeah, he's a great pick. He is. He's he's been so good. Um, he's one of the top scoring. I think he's still one of the top scoring keepers in the game. Um, and like I say, he looks so solid back there. Um, for a team that's you know doing well, um, so he's dropped a little bit, but he's 
still in the top 10 for goalkeepers at yeah. 4.0. You can't really ask for more than that. And then um, on the on the overhaul, I also included McFadzine, who again is budget, but they're solid enough defensively. He's going to sit on the bench most times, but when they have decent games, I can include him. Um, but I think I think you can look at quite a few of them, surprisingly enough. I mean, O'Hare is a tough one because he looks bright, but it still hasn't materialised into any returns yet. Um, he's, doing, he's doing well on stats, though, for bonus yeah. O'Hare. And it, it seems to me like he's just been the the assist before the assist, though, or he's had a couple of shots and the keeper's just saving it. So I've had him all, um, since the start. Um, he's not in my overwork minute, but he's he's definitely an option. Um, Big, he's I, an option for the prize, since he. I mean, I started with him as well, but I got Riz in game week three. Um, five million are expects in the world, but he is only on fourteen points. So, and there's well, I'm just looking at Coventry now. If I just look at actual midfielders, oh, max price of let's say five and a half. Around there, he's nowhere near. You've got Allen and um, Sheaf ahead of him, plus Amy. So, they in terms scored, of points, they've they scored, haven't they? They've all scored, yeah. I think. Yeah. But when you've got Carvalho at 5.2, yeah. Yeah. Giles is at 4.8, Bella, 5.7. Yeah, you, you're going to lean towards them. Like, I'm not saying aware of shit by any means. That's why I had him at the start. But he just needs to get the returns, don't he? Whatever it's that goal that just sneaks yeah. in or just just some kind of return, I think. Um, but I agree with you, Angus, regarding if, you, if you're if you on an overall, you need cheap players. You know, you can bench them. No headaches, is there? Do that price, bench them. If you have injuries, you play them. It's not... They'll do you a job, so I completely agree there. Um, Shall we go on to the next game? Yeah. And it's that Cardiff, is Bristol, Cardiff, Bristol City. Cardiff, Bristol City. So, a bit disappointing this one um, from Cardiff. Why can't I think of the right word? I can't think of the right word. I was going to try to say then. If you own Cardiff players, um, it wasn't a good day. We'll say that instead. Um I'll let you go with Cardiff, Dan. Yeah, so a um, couple of big selection. Uh, Morrison started. Um, NG was benched. Um, and it, Cardiff are, you just get a feeling they're in a bit of a sticky phase. Obviously, there's this a lot of rumours about more going. Um, but then Giles is playing quite well. He, he missed a one-on-one in this. Um, Moore had a shot cleared off the line, so they're still creating chances. Uh, it was one big chance each. Um, the goal was obviously a, a Bentley own goal. Um, and stat-wise, they've only conceded three big chances in the first five games. So I think they have been good defensively. Um, so they're definitely worth keeping Flint or Morrison. Uh, NG looks like you have to get rid of him now. Um, and it's just what happens to Moore. Um, does he 
does he get that transfer to the Premier League? Uh, I know you've had more, haven't you, Jamie? You're not too happy with him. No, well, obviously we went through the bit in game week two and three where well, he's, he's got to start and now he played in the cup, he didn't. And now he is obviously starting and we said our father, you know, he hasn't returned here, so it's all doom and gloom um, regarding Keith and Moore. But if he'd scored that one that gets cleared off the line and then the own goal goes in directly first, he's got a brace and it's a different story. But at the end of the day, when I've got a player at 10 million in my team who's only got 16 points this season and there's other players banging form, it's no good. So I'm in a situation here where I've got him and Perry and G. Um, I went him over Robinson, um, Robinson Morrison. So it's what do I do? I've got two free transfers. Do I just use it on them? But then I've got no Cardiff. Do I go sideways? And I'll be honest, I'm not overly keen on Flint. Um, I know that might sound stupid after score the goals he scored, but will that happen regularly? I don't know because Cardiff they just ping balls into the fucking box. So Morrison and Moore benefited a lot last season. It seems to be Flint this season. Do I just jump on it with everybody else and hope for the best, or do I go with my head and think that's not going to happen? Um, I don't know. But midfield wise, there's no one there for me other than Giles. I'd have him as a cheap pick at four point eight. I can't see why anybody would argue that defensively. I don't know what to do. And then Kiefer Moore's just not worth the ten million at this moment. And I say at this moment because we all know if he does stay, he could go off at any time, Quincy Moore. Yeah. Um, we saw last year Moore was definitely an option for captaincy uh, at points during the season. Um so yeah, I think um you've summarised that pretty well, Jamie. Uh it, if you have NG, you have to get rid. Yeah. Probably have to get, get rid of more. Um, we we sort of discussed the centre back scoring every week uh, in the last episode because uh, we got a question and it's they're not going to score every week, but it's Cardiff that it's one of the teams that a high percentage of goals are going to come from set pieces, and at five point one for Flynn, I think he's good enough with the clean sheet points you're going to get as well. Definitely a good option. I agree, and it's exciting when you own one of them, and especially when they're live on TV and you're watching the game and they get a throw in, and it's a longer throw comes in, or they get a corner or a free kick. It is so exciting to own Kiefer Moore, and it was Morrison for me last year, but say a flint. But the problem um, I can see this season, I'm just looking through the games, the only clean sheet they've kept was against Blackpool, so. They're not getting them clean sheets what we thought they would. Because I, I generally did think they would be really good defensively this year. So I think it's a tricky one. I'm not saying don't go Flint or don't go Morrison. I think if I had to choose one of the two, I would probably go Flint on the price. 0.9 cheaper seems to be the sensible one. But I don't know. What about you, Angus? You, you've been quiet through that while you were just listening. What are your thoughts? Um, Angus loves Morrison yeah I mean (laughs) I love Morrison but I sold Morrison even though I thought he was going to start on my overhaul Um, 
apologies to all his owners after selling him. I loved the fact that he got a playing zero pointer. Um, I'm not going to apologize for that. Minimal backlash there. But I think, you know, you'd think more clean sheets would come. I still like I still believe that more clean sheets will come. And so coupling that with the attacking threat that they have definitely posed, I think Morrison and Flint are both good options. Giles like is obvious to me in terms of like, you know, you don't have to go with him, but the the reasons for going with him are obvious. And Kiefer Moore, I probably wouldn't touch at the moment, but um if you've got him, I get that you're in a very tough position. I I genuinely don't know whether I would sell or hold. I'd probably sell, but you're not gonna go and buy him right now, even if he does stay after tomorrow. Um, you'd want, you'd probably want to see more. Even though yesterday he could have had a couple of goals, you'd want to see more from him. I think before you went to him. Hundred percent, and it's a funny one because you could look extremely stupid by saying that about more because he could go and bang a brace next game if he stays. But I think on current form, you bang on, and I'm in a tough situation now. But I think I will end up selling him because I need to get rid of players who aren't in form. And bring in players who are in form. I know it sounds easier than it actually is. Otherwise, we'd all be first in the world, wouldn't we? But yeah, I agree. But let's go on to Bristol City then, because um, they're doing all right this season. Not amazing, but you know this is a big, big result for them. Uh, they're up to eleventh now. Um, what did you make of Bristol City, Angus? Yeah, I mean, I thought they certainly had their moments in this game. Um had less of the possession but I think were very close to Cardiff in terms of the number of chances they created despite having less possession um, I thought it was a nice finish from Vyman to open the scoring um, yes. I, th- I thought they could also consider themselves a little bit unlucky to concede the equaliser yes it's a goal line clearance and if he doesn't clear it then you know or it's close to a goal because he's clearing it off the line. But if he doesn't kick it into the top of the keeper's head, who's lying on the floor, <laughs> you know, if he kicks it anywhere else, they're still ahead. So there's there's a bit of bad luck there, obviously. Um, but then again, like another really good finish from Andy Vyman for the winner as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, he seems to have been a revelation since coming in. And I mean, Chris Martin as well, like the two of them, they've they've formed a good partnership for for Bristol City, it seems, in the early stages of this season. Um, it feels a very Nigel Pearson strike partnership to have Chris Martin and Andy Vyman. Um, but, you know, they, they seem to be a bit better. I worried about them after the first sort of couple of games. Um, but they seem to be growing into it. I think that, you know, there aren't many assets there. Um, for in gaffer terms, I think would be the other thing I would say with that. But you know, they they certainly seem a perfectly solid team. And whereas I thought I was going to be looking looking at them as as one to target when I had players against them, um, I definitely don't think that's the case at this point in time. Anyway, yeah, I think they'll be like similar to Preston last year, a week like this where they do really well, and then. They'll just be inconsistent, like beginning of the season. Now they drew Black, um, Blackpool, lost to Borough, beat Reading, lost to Swansea, now beat Cardiff, yeah. and they have actually got Preston and then Luton next. 
But I was just looking at their assets, actually. Um, a lot of people will go on when they're looking to do the transfer who aren't that engaged. See Vyman on 40 points at 6.5 million, I think. Cheat code here. Do you think he's a good option, Dan? Vyman's one of those players who I think is massively underrated. He's had his problems with injuries, but whenever you watch a game, you always think, oh, Vyman's involved or he can he could score here. Um, I like um, my strikers in Gaffer to be able to be captainable. And yeah. I just don't think you'll, even though it's 6.5, I don't think you, you're going to want to. Um, but saying that, if, you, if, you, if you're playing in away days, or something like that, he's not a terrible like option. Or if they get a double game week or anything like that, I don't hate it. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, well, I've always thought Ironman's quite underrated. Really. Yeah, I, I agree. He is a good championship striker, but you say um, uncapturable, but he has scored a brace twice in three games. So if he keeps that form going on, he'll definitely come on people's radars. But I agree. I think they'll be too inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, so I'd avoid that. Midfield-wise, definitely no gaffer assets there. There's not enough creativity in that midfield for me. And then defensively, you got um, Pring at 4 million, 16 points. It's okay for a 4 million defender, but I think there's a lot better out there. Um, so next game, shall we move on? Yeah, uh, it's Barnsley-Birmingham. Um, this looked like a good game. Well, I got, I got Barnsley, and um, it was a good goal by Styles, um, Barry Baggio, so he's known. Uh, assist by Clark Adore, who's four million defender. Um, I've seen obviously Luton play Barnsley, and I think they're struggling. Um, Stats-wise as well, they've only created three big chances and conceded 11 in the first five games. Of, to be honest, six of those big chances were against Birmingham. Um, so I'm just a bit worried. I don't think they'll be anywhere near the bottom, but I'm just not really impressed by too many of their players. I 100% so, yeah. agree there, Dan. Um, yeah. I've got no interest in bringing in any Barnsley players um, whatsoever at the moment. And that's not a criticism of a criticism of them. It's just, there's just nobody there, really. I, you know, I saw the first half against QPR, they were really good. And I think QPR were that bad, actually, uh, to be fair. But Barnsley were good, given the credits. But it's not going to be anything like last season. It's just... I don't really know what else to say. There's just, there's just no assets there, is there? So there's no point sitting here talking too long about them. But but they were never going to be playoffs again, really, realistically, were they? And we, no, if you no. think about the season before, if it wasn't for Wigan's points deduction, they'd have gone down. So is it really that bad for them to have a an uneventful mid-table where maybe you get another year of experience and then maybe they could they go again next season. I don't think it's terrible. Um, I'm just not not really keen on any of their assets. I'm not sure if they're a team to really target, although Birmingham did battle them. I don't know how they didn't win it, to be honest. Uh, 
Angus, obviously you're covering Birmingham. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, you know, as you said, I mean, I'm as baffled as Lee Bowyer as to ha- about how Birmingham didn't win this game. Um, it it was just they had so many chances. Um, Scott Hogan, in particular, there were a couple of great chances for him that he didn't take. Um, the double chance right at the end for Chuksaniki as well. How that's not ended up in the goal, I'm not sure. Um, Jutkovic got his first goal of the season, uh, took his goal very well. Um, you know, there were a couple of times, I mean, for the people who own Bella, the Hogan miss from his ball in at the near post somehow manages to put it wide. Um, the only other Barnsley comment I had, which was linked to it, was, um, I mean, I'd also like to give a special mention in the sort of fracas at the end for Mark Roberts just being sat in the front row waiting to take the yeah, ball throw. That, 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 was, that was amazing. Uh, but a special mention from the Barnsley side for uh, Kitching, oh, who yeah. decided to headbutt, was it Aniki in the back of the head, and then hold his face to the ref. Just absurd behaviour. Um, I don't. I don't know what Rob Pick is telling them to do, but that's not on. Yeah, yeah that was a bang of or that throwing though that they have. It was he Roberts that the throwing. Yeah. That is ridiculous. That is next level Royal Delap. That covers some air. That throwing does so. That's a massive threat uh, for them. But I agree. I'm not surprised Scott Ogan missed chances. Uh, <laughs> That does not surprise me in the slightest. I mean, it's I all right. Think... They've got Troy Deeney now. Yes, that is a very good point. That will be very interesting. <laughs> Duke as well, obviously, he's off the mark now. I nearly brought him in the other week, you know. Um, after the Sheffield United game, I think it was, he looked an handful, which we know he is anyway. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't because he's only just scored, but he's one to watch. Isn't he? But, but uh, Birmingham... I'm starting to really like. Obviously, I saw them against Luton, and it looks like they they've carried on with that attacking form. And like I said, they have a way of playing, and if you can't handle that, they're going to cause a lot of problems. Like you said, Jamie, with the throw-ins pieces, they've now got tricky, skillful players in Bella and Chong. Um, I know Troy Troy Deeney's a joke, but if you if you create as many chances as they are. He's not going to miss those chances that um, Ogun Ogun has. So, yeah, um, definitely a a team to keep your your eyes on, Birmingham, I think, defensively and um, offensively. I haven't got any. uh, I haven't really considered any, but I'm just getting them up now on Gaffer, looking at them. Um, Colleen? That's what we have to call him, Dan, remember. It's not Colin, Colleen. Um, him and Roberts both on 37 points. So that's pretty decent. Bella is on 35 points. And, you know, I'm just trying to look back at previous game weeks thinking, like, where's he getting these points from? And bonus. I still can't. But he's... His bonus, Jamie. The dribbling and key passes, he's getting it on bonus. That says everything done since he's definitely one to look at. He's 5.7. Chong, I like the look of. He's only got 16 points so far, but I don't think that reflects his performances. I think he will get a lot more points this season. 
Hogan's on 22, but he'll be straight out the team because he, he wastes too many chances. Um, and then Big Duke at 6.5. And then it'd be interesting to see what the price Dini at. But yeah, definitely ones for the watch list. Not immediately for me, but I do like them. Um, next game? Uh, Middlesbrough Blackburn. Um, oh, top so... game from Gallagher, this one. <laughs> so Middlesbrough, no Igpiezu. Uh, they played Crooks up front with Watmore. Um, assist by Dykesteel and um, goal by Housen. Uh, there was also the red card for Morsi, who's been linked with Sheffield United, Preston, Luton today. Um, yeah. Um, they, they've been good defensively, Middlesbrough. So far this season, they've only um, conceded one big chance. Uh, so I think maybe, I know they've been conceding the the old goal, and I think that's down to Lumley. He's not, he's not really good enough as a goalie. Um, but yeah, um, for me, is it Piazu or, or McNair if you're after anyone? But uh, yeah, I'm not, not thrilled with Middlesbrough at the minute. Angus, we know you love Middlesbrough. Um, they're your adopted team now. Any assets there for you? Uh, well, funnily enough, I was going to say Lumley. So um, he's not terrible I'm, at four point five. But what I'm saying is, I think I think he's not with the XG. I think he's he's not saving as much as he should be. Yeah, although I mean, you look at the the game at the week at the weekend. There's nothing yeah. you can do about the black yeah. goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, part of that is about price. That's the thing with Lumley yeah. as well. Part yeah. of it's about price. Um, so, I, I quite like Dyke Steele. Um, you know, he 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 seems to look forward a lot, which is good. Whether it's sort of particularly because he's either been playing right centre back or right wing back, so he can either be getting forward or if he's playing at centre back, he does look to play the ball forward. So I think, like we see with the assist at the weekend, that can that can get him points. I mean, you know, the others, it's sort of like McNair. You want him to be better than he is, particularly in Gaffer. You know, Watmore's missed time. Do you really want to go with him? Ick Piezu's missed out the weekend. He might be an asset. But, I mean, at the moment, you know, maybe Dyke Steele, Lumley because of his price. Otherwise, I wouldn't really be recommending them. They have uh, signed Onel Hernandez on loan from Norwich. Ah, uh, I've seen that. Too. I forgot about that. Uh, um, my my gut is they're going to play him up front, but he's he's got to be he's got to be a, a midfielder. Though. That's where he's played his whole career, really. So I'm guessing he'll be priced six point five seven, like all the other Middlesbrough midfielders. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I'm not that excited by Middlesbrough. Um, I like Ikpiazu. More at the beginning of the season. I don't think I'd actually go there myself now. Um, and I was thinking I wouldn't actually have any Middlesbrough players and I've just realised I've got double. Yeah. I've got one win goal, obviously because of the price. Um, I can deal with him at 4.5. I kind of just rotate him in more rounds. Um, he's on 24 points. And I've, I'm have i sitting on Paddy McNair at 6 million. So he's got 28 points so far. And... Um, my thoughts at the beginning of the season were set pieces, plays midfield, 
quite a lot as well as centre back. So there's opportunities for attacking returns, but six million. Am I happy with that? Not really. But I think I've got bigger issues in my team like Perry and G to worry about. So I wouldn't be bringing someone like Perry McNary in for people who are him like myself, if there is anybody else out there other than me. Um, I don't think I'd get rid just yet. Um, Blackburn and Angus, it wasn't Brereton fucking Diaz, was it, who you made us bring in for the pod team? Actually, it was Dan that suggested Brereton Diaz, so uh, you can you can back off me on that one. <laughs> He's got good fixtures coming up, lads. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I... With Blackburn, it's interesting because they seem to be bringing in a lot of players, uh, which does sort of complicate things, particularly in gaffer terms. Um, But one that I was positive about when I saw they'd brought him in was Paveda, who obviously his, you know, he's come in on loan from Leeds. I think he's... You know, I mean, even his work to set up the goal, he showed what he's all about. He's busy. He's He looks to get at defenders. And, you know, yes, he sort of almost bundled it to Sam Gallagher in the end for his screamer. But, you know, he will look to go at defenders. But I think, you know, they've still got things to work on. Um, you know, I mean, they scored with their only shot on target at the weekend. So um, it feels like it's a bit of work in progress. But obviously... With the reinforcements they're looking to bring in, the improvements they're looking to bring in, um, outside of Brereton Diaz, um, maybe if you want to go early on someone like Pavedo, who I think will probably hit the ground running. Um, other than that, I don't think you'd be looking at Blackburn really. No, defensively, I definitely wouldn't. I mean, Kaminsky's at five and a half, uh, but their top scoring defender, uh, Wenian, he's five and a half as well. Ayal, I'm definitely not going to go there. Midfield, Dolan's been a bit disappointing. I expected a lot more from him this season in regards to playing time and performances. Um, I'm not going to go through. Rothwell and Buckley. Brereton Diaz, obviously, good fixture coming up. 8.1, he's already gone up 0.1. He's on 30 points, but the goal scorer, Gallagher, 7 million. I knew Brereton Diaz hadn't scored this weekend, but when I watched out at Serie on, I thought Gallagher was Brereton Diaz. So when he scored, I've jumped up watching the highlights, knowing full well I know he hasn't scored, but it still convinced me. He's only six points behind Brereton Diaz so far, and he's a 1.1 cheaper. I'm not necessarily saying would go Gallagher over, over Brereton Diaz, but do you think that could be a possibility to save money? Possibly, but I don't love it. Um, Basically, no, then. I was just I th- trying I to... Think, I think with the points. with the new players they're, they're bringing in, if they if someone drops out of the team, it's more likely to be Gallagher than Brereton Diaz as well, so that would be my other concern with him. Well, yeah, I don't know um, if any of you guys know... Well, you do know because we've talked about uh, they've been linked with Jamal Lowe from Swansea. Yeah. And I know he played a lot up front last season, but you'd, you'd probably think he goes wide, maybe played to the other side. And Diaz goes through the middle. Um, so what I'm, it's just another one that's a wait to see, really. Like we're saying this, but 
transfer window. It's going to be crazy tomorrow. It could this transfer window tomorrow by the deadline on Tuesday could change a lot of things, couldn't it? In Gaffer, a lot of our plans might just go up in smoke. Like I'm half hoping Keith Moore does get sold, so it just gives me that definite reason to sell him. But then I am going to miss watching him in the Championship because he is exciting to watch in that Cardiff team. So a lot will change. Let's move on to the next games. Um, we are an hour in now <laughs> and we're probably about halfway through. So let's fire through some of these. Who've we got next? Uh, it's Hull Bournemouth. Um, Hull uh, made a, a few changes to their side. Huddleston came in. Uh, Longman came in on the right and Smith came in up front. Uh, they signed in permanently from Sheffield United. Um, not too much to talk about Hull here. Um, Doherty missed uh, the bit, their only big chance of the match. Um, and somehow they managed to um, not concede versus Bournemouth. Ingram pulled off some great saves in goal. Um, but I'm not looking at anyone from Hull uh, since that really good opening day win against uh, Preston. Um, they've not really done too much, so um, I think they're more a target than to bring anyone in. I think Hull are the perfect team with Blackpool when you've got somebody playing against them to throw the captaincy or at least the vice captaincy on, aren't they? They're going to concede goals. I think they will, they will score goals throughout the season, but there's nobody there who I'm thinking, yeah, he could make it into a team. I am going full out just to attack them at the moment um, while they're shipping goals like they are. So we won't waste our time talking about them. Uh, Bournemouth, on the other hand, though, in... Yeah, the big talking point really, Bournemouth. And I found this is how they were last season, weren't they? So, Angus, I'll let you talk about them first. Yeah, so uh, obviously a disappointing result for them. Um, the real, I guess, the two headline moments with the, uh, well, there were probably three headlines from the lineup dropping. One was Nyland starting. Obviously, he'd started in the League Cup in midweek, where they shipped six against Norwich. Um, but him keeping his place suggests that he's going to be the starter ahead of Travers. Yeah. Um, Jack Stacy back. Um, I know that people had sort of been trying to work out when Jack Stacy was going to come back. Um, he was back straight back in at right back and played 90 minutes. And no, Philip Billing was obviously the headline news. Um, to be honest, it looked like a lot of. From what I saw, it looked like a lot of Dominic Solanke trying to make it work. He looked great, but at times it looked like the only way they were going to make anything happen was through Dominic Solanke. Um, I still worry somewhat. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Scott Parker, and I do worry about the attack. We saw problems with his Fulham team. I know it was in the Premier League, but in terms of creating chances in the Premier League and I know Bournemouth have created chances, but I still worry about them under Parker um, in terms of having a prolific attack. Um, but they're unlikely to have sort of a, as frustrating a day, and I do think they missed a couple of the key players like Billing in this game. Um, 
but obviously, particularly for the people on away days, it will have really hurt them this week. 100% and Daniel, one of them, um, yeah. Swanky. I wanted to bring him in two weeks ago. Couldn't afford it. I was absolutely gutted. Obviously, returned last week. He's got nothing here, but it could have been a complete different story, couldn't it, with Swanky? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I captained him. Um, ah, he's, still okay. got, he's still got three bonus. And that's the thing I've noticed with Solanke is, you know, he does well on the bonus. Um, so that's something to bear in mind with him as well in that it's actually it actually seems early on like it's quite rare to get a true blank from him. Um, so that's the probably the one positive with him. Um, but it was a little bit frustrating that he didn't come away with more, yeah. What are your thoughts on Slanky Dan as for people who don't own him? Who um, want to own him? So so there's two things here. Firstly, if you take away the last two games where they played Blackpool and Hull, they've only created two big chances in the other three games. So you th- if we think Hull and Blackpool are teams to target, well they played they played ideally Two and a bet. Um, will will score goals. He's a top striker in this division. He's going to score goals. Normally, he's reliable with the captain. He, he Bournemouth were a major reason why I played the away days this week. Um, and I think from the highlights, on another day, he scores a couple of goals, and no one's really surprised. So um, it, it just feels like the same Bournemouth. It feels like they're not going to be great on the stats, but because they've got players who are top-end championship players, they'll be able to outperform it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the playoffs, but they've not been that great. And then once you get in the playoffs, they've got the quality to win it. But um, at, currently, I don't have any Bournemouth players in my own. And do you have... Anyone over the Slanky, Angus? No, I mean, actually, when I was overhauling, I was sort of thinking about, oh, I should have a second Bournemouth player, and even just for that for the weekend against Hull. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, don't want anyone apart from Solanke. So, no, I'm just on Solanke at the moment. I, I worry for him, because I'm looking at the team now from the game at the weekend. And, you know, it's a very strong team on paper, like really strong Um but then you look at the bench, and if they get injuries, I worry for them for getting playoffs. I think they've got injuries already, James. I think that's part of the problem. Because I, I remember looking at the the West Brom Bournemouth game, and they had about eight players in the stands. Yeah. Uh, so that obviously doesn't help, does it? Sir? Yeah. 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 I was still thinking about getting Slanky in. Just quick, Dominic Slanky, but now you've mentioned that though, Dan, that has helped me out a lot regarding already played Holland, Blackpool. I don't think I'm going to bring any in at all now. So, yeah, that was a good one. I like that one, Dan. You've helped me out. So, at least um, this has been useful for something. <laughs> uh, but we'll go on to the next game. I've just realised I've just went full on lying down on the sofa while I'm recording with my back. To the microphone, so could you hear me okay then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, got away with it. Um, next game then. Uh, Huddersfield versus Reading. Um, oh, yeah, so this, this is a 
bit of interesting game. Uh, obviously, 4-0 Huddersfield. Um, major, major team news was Toflo was back in the start in 11. Uh, he played left wing back, which made Thomas, Sorba Thomas, who's the striker in the game, ended up at right wing back. Um, he's been phenomenal for bonus. Like, key passes. He's, like, doing nearly five key passes a game. Um, comfortably the highest. Um, Is this the one from Boreham Woods? Yeah. Yeah, he scored, scored a goal, two assists. Uh, it looks like he's on some set pieces as well. Um, Angus, I'm going to say my favourite phrase. If he was a midfielder, be very, very interested. Um, well, it's five point one million. Uh, people are going to see that five point one million forty points. Vyman can now get in the bin, <laughs> and Thomas is coming in. That's what people would see though if they just like just go on to the game, wouldn't they? Yeah, but also I think Huddersfield have had fairly kind fixtures apart that, apart from Fulham where they got absolutely annihilated. Uh, they played Derby, they played Preston, they played Reading. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll judge them in a few a few games time. But having Toffolo back is definitely a, a massive plus. Uh, if you've got Toffolo on the left and Thomas on the right wing back, that's that's very attacking. What well, you yeah. say about Huddersfield have had easier fixtures to start off with. Um, they come to the Marty Stoke next, but after that they've got Blackpool, yeah. Forest, and Swansea. Yeah, three after that, which Swansea have been utter shy so far this season. It could get worse for them if they lose Grimes and Roberts, which is yeah being speculated. So Forest are piss poor unless they do something during the international break. Um, I don't know when Blackpool obviously will concede. I still got Karoma. <laughs> no, I think you keep him. And that's what I'm thinking, because he's eight million now and if he can stay fit, I could be onto a gem there by keeping him by mistake. <laughs> yeah. I dunno, it's just hard to see. I know they're doing well Huddersfield, but they're only a couple of game weeks away from losing three in a row or four in a row, I think. But yeah, I'm I'm a lot more impressed than I were at the start of the season. This this Thomas um, definitely improving their attack, but um, I won't be going. If he carries on though, Thomas Dan, same form as he's in now. In couple of game weeks time, would you still not consider him because he's, he's not captainable? He's not captainable. I won't, I won't think. Yeah, but you've got three strikers though, so you can only captain and vice captain two of the three anyway, can't you? So Yeah, but it's I'm just not convinced by Huddersfield. And the- I think Dan's being very stubborn, um, very biased against Huddersfield. Um I hope they come and bite you in the arse now. Um, and I hope Thomas literally scores a brace in the next four games. As long as one of them's against a brace against Stoke, that'll be fine. The next right, game. Brace right, next Dan. game. <laughs> Angus, talk to me about Reading. I don't want to speak to Dan now. 
<laughs> Breathing just aren't very good. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of sums it up, really, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's one of those where I feel like I should have greater insight on Reading, but I mean, I know they've lost some big players. You know, they've lost sort of Lucas Zhao. They lost Mate before the season even started. Um, McIntyre, I think it was, it was filling in at left back. They lost him. They've lost Aziz now, but they're still just not very good. One shot and target here in this game, Angus. Yeah. No, they're they're twenty first in the league, and they probably deserve to be twenty first in the league. It's not like you know when you get some positions where it's like, oh, the league has lied or whatever. Like they've had decent fix, they've had reasonable fixtures, and they're twenty first in the league. Like I know they've brought in some players. You know they brought in Baba Rahman, who I think on loan from Chelsea. I was amazed to discover he was still a Chelsea player, but I think that will help fix their left back issue. They brought in Halilovic, who's shown flashes in the Championship, but like we've also seen him not manage to be on the pitch an awful lot in the Championship as well. They brought in Scott Dan. They brought in Danny Drinkwater. Like these names don't scream sort of like fixing your issues. Um, and I think Reading are rapidly moving into targetable territory. Yeah, Scott Dan. That doesn't feel me a lot of confidence. Um, I can't see, like, I wouldn't put him in either Moore or Morrison anyway. No. I know they haven't been great defensive, but I still wouldn't put him in. Danny Drinkwater gets nowhere near that team, surely. Rimino, um, sorry, um, Rinomosa, there's no way he gets dropped in Laurent. I think those two are okay in the middle, good partnership. Yeah. But Danny Drinkwater, I agree. I think the signings don't scream out we're trying to move forward here. I'd rather play an academy player than Danny Drinkwater. Well, I think they're I think they're running out of academy players based on how thin their squad is. So that's probably part of it as well. Yeah, Junior Hewitt obviously started. Yeah. Um Swift started, but obviously went off yeah, no return for once off Swift. Um is Dan, have you got anything to say about Reading? Just what uh, Angus said, I think they're targetable. Yeah, hundred percent. I, um, I think we'll they're... move on then because I don't want to spend too much time talking about shites, basically. Sorry, Reading fans. Um, so the next game, I, I think I got the order wrong, but I've gone Preston Swansea. Sorry, sorry, uh, Angus. That's they advertised right. Preston Swansea on Quest, and they didn't do them for the next couple of games. Uh, so Preston, um, they won three one, but it was one all with big chances. Um, Earl with the assist. And Van der Berg got the goal. Uh, assist for Maguire, goal for Reese, And uh, Whiteman was a, with a free kick. Um, I'm just not sure with Preston. Like, I just don't know what you're going to get with them. Um, to be honest, they're, they're probably just going to be a team that will finish know, 12th to 18th. I don't think they'll go down. Uh, they're just going to yeah. be just unpredictable. And I don't think they, they have too many options um, we mentioned Bauer um, not so much as a fantasy asset just in general will probably help Preston's defence they, they picked up points both games I think they picked up wins both games he's played so it's probably a good sign um, 
it's probably also a pretty good time to play Swansea as well. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too keen with any Preston assets. I don't know about you, Jamie. Um, Preston are probably the team I know least about because I couldn't give a shit. I'm not going to target them. They're not that bad. But I'm not going to bring any of the players in because they're not that good either. They are literally, like you say, they're just that mid-table team who will do well one week and then they'll get beat the next. And Yeah, I, I generally don't know what to say about Preston. Yeah, not a massive fan. I'm guessing, could you give any insight to Preston or? Uh, not really. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'd move I'm... on to Swansea. Yeah, like, I don't have much to say about Preston. Yeah, Preston, yeah. We'll move on for that and then. <coughs> excuse me. Um, Swansea, Angus. These are a bit more interesting at the moment, not for good reasons. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I mentioned Perot. He got another goal. It's the one positive for them. I think that's three and three for him now. Um, but it, it's not good. The situation's not good. I mean, they had 60% of the ball and had five shots. Like, against a Preston team that we all think isn't that great, like, that's a problem. You know, they're, they're, they're running low on players. They're potentially going to lose Grimes, potentially going to lose Roberts, potentially going to lose Lowe, like, minimal time to replace them. It's just, it's really not looking good for them at the moment. You know, Perot's the one bright spot, but if the team behind him is getting worse and worse, you know, what does it matter? I worry for Swansea because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, how they've let players get into the last years of contracts. They're obviously just, well, not just accepting bids, but they're reluctantly accepting low bids for players. Do they need the money? I don't really know, so I don't want to get into that. But if they lose Roberts, obviously we haven't seen him yet this season because he's been injured anyway, but we know what he did last season. Grimes pulls the strings for them in midfield. And Jamal, you know, he hasn't been that impressive since he went to Swansea, but we knew what he was like before he went to Swansea. You know, he's decent. He still got, got double figures last year, the goals. Well, did. I think he did. It was pretty close to it. Because he oh, went wow. on that phase where he scored like seven and seven. And didn't he seems to be one of them plays last season where I seem to own him quite a lot. And it's just like, he like, always disappointed me because he, he was classed as um, a midfielder playing up front. So we kind of expected a lot more, didn't we? But, but like I say, though, if they lose them and they don't bring anyone in because they haven't got much time to replace them, they they're in big trouble, aren't they? They they seem to need to be looking over the shoulders. Yeah, I think they might. I think they might get lucky because I think there will be three worse teams than them. And I think Martin is a manager that if you give him time, he might not need um, as good players. It'll be his philosophy that will over time might save them. But they're going to be nowhere near the um, playoffs and. We predicted this during pre-season. We thought there'd be a drop-off. There has been, I think. See, I'm the opposite of you there, Dan. I I think 
yeah, obviously they're not going to be new any of the playoffs, but I think they'll be serious relegation contenders because I think the manager's philosophy will be their downfall where you think it might save them. I think I, I, it, I think they might. I'm not saying they're going to be miles clear, but I think as the season progresses, I think they'll gradually they'll do enough to just not be in the relegation towards the end, I think. We'll, we'll see how that one plans out. But in terms of Gaffer, what that means then is basically we're going to go nowhere near the players. And are they targetable, Angus? I think so. Particularly, well. particularly with defenders, I would say, in terms of I don't think they're going to do much in attack. Yeah. Um, so particularly with defenders, I think you can target Swansea. Interesting. Next game, then. Uh, Millwall Blackpool. Um, it's Millwall one two one. Uh, two big chances each. Um, they played a more attacking lineup. They brought in a big Smith up front, and they sort of played Wallace and Fobe sort of supporting him. Um, great, uh, great free kick by Wallace. Um, another assist by him as well. So. I can't believe Jamie's managed to get a captaincy for him. There's be some some uh, rule against that. He's, for all you guys on the listening to the pod, he's doing a, a dance as we speak. Um, <laughs> well, the listeners know how much I love Jed Wallace, so I deserve it. <laughs> but yeah, look, we know Jed Wallace. Um, he ticks over the points. He, he normally doesn't get too two in a game or but um yeah I think like like we said Blackpool are targetable you pick your best player most likely to score against them and got a high chance of getting returns against them. Uh, we've seen that in quite a few weeks so um yeah Millwall have had a funny start of the season haven't they? I think uh they they keep the game so tight normally that um it's normally a 50-50, and that's why they draw so many. But um, we we thought they'd be closer to the playoffs, but I'm not sure at the minute. I think I think um, Rowett's at a, at a balancing point where I think a few bad results, and I think they'll they'll want him out of the club. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. I agree with you. I thought they'd have been close to the playoffs. I thought they would have been better defensively. Um, that's why I regretted not having Malone, especially when Rune came on with you two. Um, I really did regret not having Malone then, where not so much now, considering his price. Um, Wallace just does Wallace and he's going to take over all season, and see, he's not going to return every week, but he'll get you decent enough points. I don't think you're going to get many weeks where he scores a direct free kick and then gets a last minute assist, but. Millwall, I, yeah, Rowan's football shit anyway, so I feel sorry for the Millwall fans having to watch that. Now they're back in the ground. Um, Donny, um, our Millwall fan, she even says they can turn on him at any time now um, if he reverts back to his favourite formations. So I think that's just a ticking bomb waiting to go off there with Rowan's. If Rowan does go and they bring someone else in, what does that mean for certain assets? I don't think there is any other than Malone and well, Wallace anyway, is this? So, uh, 
I don't, do you agree, Angus, or yeah. anything other? No, I mean, I think they've they've obviously had two or three key injuries. Um, you know, losing the likes of Hutchinson hasn't necessarily helped. Um, but there's only so much it can sort of, you can sort of make excuses compared to what the expectations were and how it's played out. There's only so much you can make excuses for them based on things like that. Yeah, definitely. And the away team, Angus. Yes, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to spend ages talking about Blackpool. They're Blackpool. Um, You know, put up a decent fight again, but I just don't think they're going to be good enough ultimately. Um, Should mention Shane Lavery getting on the score sheet again. Uh, Seems to be sort of, seems to have continued his uh, decent sort of transition since coming over from Ireland, from the Irish League. So, you know, that's a positive for them. I think the keeper looks decent, which he's going to have to be. Um, but not much else to say on Blackpool, really. Yeah, I like Maxwell, actually, to be fair. But I agree, I think Blackpool, the ones that we're going to target with our captaincy is you're not going to bring any of the players in because there's cheap players elsewhere who are much better. So, yeah, we'll skip straight past Blackpool. So the next uh, game was Luton Sheffield United. Um, it was nil nil, and it was a pretty tight game. Um, one big chance for Luton, none for Sheffield United. Uh, I'll start with Luton. Uh, we changed back to the back four. Uh, Burke started his first game of the season. He, he partnered Naismith. Um, Osho came in uh, 4.0 defensive mid. Uh, he's a youngster coming through. Died at defensive mid. He was pretty solid. Probably not an asset though. Uh, and Onya Dima came back in the side on the left wing. Um, yeah, we would, we just looked a lot more balanced throughout. Um, Sheffield United really didn't cause that much problems. Um, we probably should have nicked it towards the end. Uh, Cornick had a, a big chance where he hit the bar. We had a couple of other little through balls just didn't work or crosses just didn't fall to the right player. Um, Bree had a long-range shot that went just wide of the post. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a bit of a funny start to the season with the uh, lack of centre-backs. Um, hasn't really helped us out, but seven points from the first five games mid-table, pretty much probably what we thought would happen with Luton. Um, Sheffield United they started 3-5-2 sharp and um, sharp up front I can't remember his name McBurney McBurney, sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, they just got no creativity None, none whatsoever they were all right with the ball but never really troubled us um, Bulldog went off injured first half. I'm not sure what it was. Bogle came on. I thought, oh, maybe they'll trouble with pace. Didn't really do anything. At half time, they brought on Freeman and went to the Diamonds in midfield. Um, they just got done on the wings. We absolutely terrorised them with our wingers. Um, and yeah. I know they've brought in Hurahan today, which, let's be honest, it can't be worse than what they've got. They're 
they're really poor. Um, I think defensively they might be okay. I think like uh, you brought in Norwich and Vegas, Angus. I think they'll they'll keep some clean sheets or half clean sheets, but unless they unless they bring in a few more players, they're going to be nowhere near the playoffs. Um, and you get the feeling Nikanovic doesn't want to play three or five at the back. He keeps wanting to play four at the back, but they just don't have players at the minute. Um, so I think the next 24 hours is going to be key on if Sheffield United are going to be anywhere near the playoffs. If not, they're going to do, they're going to be probably bottom half, mid-table at best, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you, what, if you want to say anything, guys. On the highlights, it looked like you battered Sheffield United. It seemed to be not clear chances or anything like that, but it was constantly just like looting attacks, especially down from the left-hand side. That's where your pace was. Um, obviously, that's all I saw from the game. But from a gaffer point of view, Sheffield United, I think we stayed clear from going forward. We did see at the beginning of the season, there isn't much creativity in that midfield, and, you know, it's right. I think Hurahan, though, is a good signing for them, and I think that yeah. will help them. Defensively, I agree. Norton Davis is probably a good shout, Angus. But for me, I'm not going to pay them prices for what is basically a lower mid-table team as it stands. Norton um, Davis is a good price, though. He's £5 million. If he can yep. keep him aside, that's he's definitely an option. Yeah, that's what worries me. If if he keeps in it, um, if he does, then yeah, hundred percent. I think you've picked a gem there, and you've got on him early, Angus. Um, I'd definitely look at him if he stays in the team for the next two or three games. I'll definitely look then. But the premium players, I'm going to go nowhere near. I just I haven't got the money to do that, so I don't see the point in that. Luton, I'll be honest. There's nobody on my watch list. I don't hate them. I just don't like them at the moment. Um, they're just un- they're unpredictable. They just I think they're going to finish anywhere between eighth and eighteenth. Yeah, I'd be honest. And I think it's hard because we, like I said, we have had players missing. I know every team's had players, but we've had our first three senior centre backs out for most of the start. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we'll have the odd game where we'll do all right. Surprisingly, we have kept three clean sheets, but the other two games we got battered by West Brom, really battered by Birmingham. So we're just unpredictable. Great. We'll move on to the next game then. Yeah. So the final game is Peterborough West Brom. Um, I haven't Pete... seen any of this at all. Okay. So uh, Peter, I thought Peterborough were quite brave uh, with the way they played in this game. They didn't set up defensively they played Marriott uh, was up front with Clark Harris we all know Dembele is basically going tomorrow it's just if they can get the right price um, Smodic's played in behind they then had Grant partner in um, Norburn so it it wasn't a defensive side they, they went here to to play at home um, they lost 1-0 it was 3-0 to West Brom in big chances. But there was a couple of openings where the final ball, and they would have got in here against West Brom. Um, I think we've been saying this all along with West Brom. They look like they're gonna, they can easily score three or four, but there's a high chance that they're going to let the odd goal in at the back. 
Um, but yeah, um, I will say Clark Harris, uh, Clark Harris done well defending. I thought he was brilliant um, by the first man, you know, because the long throw is just a nightmare to defend against. But you don't really don't really want Clark Harris to be defending. <laughs> Not really, no. Um, I think Peterborough, like we said last week, I think Peterborough will do well when they're at home. Away, I think you can target them because I think they'll be too open away from home. Um, and I wouldn't be bringing anyone in. Um, I guess we'll hand over to Angus for his West Brom. This is, yeah, this is what everyone wants to hear about West Brom. Um, so I thought, like, West Brom were decent, but they struggled a bit. Like, you know, they, they had lots of shots, but not many of them were that great. There were a lot that were sort of on the stretch or half chances or, you know, on another day you'd go a bit closer. I mean, there was lots of heroic defending from Peterborough, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, lots of long throws. Um I mean, the amount of airtime the hoodie got that Darnell Furlong was using to dry the ball tells you all you need to know about how much they were bombarding them at times. Um, but, you know, I mean, by the end, it felt like they were quite fortunate um, with how little clear-cut they'd created to get the goal in added time with almost the last kick of the game. I mean, there, were, there was like 30 seconds left by the time they kicked off again, but... Um, but again, there's, you know, it was a, all they needed was one moment. I mean, you know, Matt Phillips beats a man, puts it across, and there's, as you would expect, there's Shemi Ajayi stood in the middle of the six-yard box to tap home. Um, but it shows again with the with the quality they've got, you know, all they need is one chance. I mean, I didn't necessarily feel like they were going to score more, but you always felt you felt constantly like there was a chance that they could get one. But I mean. They did look under threat at times going the other way. Um, I know there's, they've had to change the, the back three at times and maybe that hasn't helped a little bit where the personnel has kept changing, um, particularly through sort of injury reasons. Um, I think they're, pe- they're playing quite a high line, so there is always that risk of people getting in behind. It's something that Ishmael wants them to do, play quite a high line with Johnston sweeping quite aggressively behind them. Um, which has worked so far, but um, it will leave them open to conceding chances. And I think if the final, as Dan said, if the final ball had been better, particularly from Jack Marriott two or three times, then West Brom could have been in more trouble. Um, Obviously, Callum Robinson was out. You'd think he comes back in. Uh, The way it's trending at the moment, I think he would actually be more likely to come back in for Grady Diangana than Matt Phillips. Um, I think the last game I think the last game Phillips actually started over Diangana when Robinson was available and Diangana has basically been hooked early in every game he started so it wouldn't surprise me if when Robinson comes back he comes in for Diangana not Phillips and also they brought in Hugel as well who he's a handful he's um I know he's not ideal but if they're just going to do long ball throw-ins or set pieces, he's going to score just coming off the bench. And yeah, I mean, he, sh- he should have scored. He should have scored at that. He wasted two or three. But It wouldn't but, be surprised if they start with Grant, Phillips and 
uh, Robinson and they just take off Phillips on 70 minutes every week and then they'll just bring on Hugel. Um, they've also signed Malumbi as well, uh, centre mid, who I think he'll be back up. But he's, he's well known for his uh, off the ball pressing and things like that. So um, moving forward, I'm, I'm going to be coming off double defence, I think, with West Brom. I think there's more points to be earned from having two of the attacking players. So you both started on Fiong and Townsend, didn't you? So you're going to come off. Angus, have, what have you done in your overall regarding them? Uh, so I went to one defence. So right. I had um, Townsend, Phillips and Grant. Yeah. And with the calculation that depending on what they did when they came back, I have enough in the bank to go from Phillips to Robinson if Phillips it drops out of the starting lineup. So what are your thoughts on Robinson? Because obviously a lot of people had him. He started the season well, especially for the away days they wanted him. He missed out. Do you, do you keep him? You expect him to go straight back in the starting eleven then? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would definitely expect him to go back in. The only question is who he replaces, but he will almost certainly come back into the team. I agree. I think it's got to be um, Dean Garner. But looking at the team, like Sammy Ajay, Sammy Ajay has come back into the team. Other than Clark, who's injured, Sadaro Shea's kept his place in the team. This That was probably the team that we expected before game week one, wasn't it? With Felix Grant and Dean Garner as the three. Then Ajay, Bartley and Clark, we fought as the back three. But I find it bizarre that Ismail wants them to play a high line with them three as your centre-backs. Because... None of them are well known for the pace, are they? Let's be honest. Are they used in Johnston to sweep? Aren't yeah. They? Um, it, look, they're going to get caught out. I wouldn't be surprised if they got hammered one day, like three or four nil. But yeah, just off the bat. Yeah. But I, I they're going to be in control of the game so much. They they spend half the time, like Angus said, taking throw-ins. It's, <laughs> it's the pressure. They're constantly putting balls into box. Luton got hammered. We were losing 3-0 and they took off uh, Robinson and, and Carl and Grant. Otherwise, that could have got messy. Um, I think I think you've got to have two attacking players. Well, that's what I need to decide what to do because I've only got Townsend as it stands. I, I have got the money, though, too. Drop more to a Brereton Diaz, maybe, and then a Willock up to a Robinson. So I have got the money to do that, and I think that sounds good, but I've got Perry and G causing me issues. So I do need to prioritise West Brom. Just looking at West Brom now, actually, looking at the fixtures after Millwall, Derby, Preston, before QPR, Cardiff and Stoke. So... Three nice fixtures coming up on paper, really. I think they'll batter Millwall. Normally, anyone against Millwall, I think, but I think they'll batter them. Derby, I think, it'll be too good for them. And Preston, well, we've said about Preston before, so I need to get one in, really. I need to prioritise that one. Um, but that's, I think that covers everything, does it, from Game Week 5's point of view. Um, what we'll do now, then, we've got three more questions. We'll just answer them. And then we'll be back next week just to look through all the deadline day deals, just look at players that have come in throughout the window we think might do well. 
and look ahead to game week six. So the questions, just let me get them up. Um, FPL frustration, who is the best premium midfielder to go for? Um, Angus, I'll start with you. Premium midfielder? Yeah. I don't have him, but it's probably Harry Wilson. I'm just literally, sorry, just bear with me. I'm actually just sorting by price now instead of points. Harry Wilson over Wallace? I think so. Or Robinson? I think Fulham look that good in attack that, and I mean, you look at some of the fixtures they've got coming up, it's obscene. They go on a run now of Blackpool, Birmingham, Reading, Bristol City, Swansea, Coventry is the next six. Obviously, we've said a couple of those are better defensively, but for Fulham, that's a great run. I can see where you're coming from. Dan, what, who's your shout? I'm going to... Obviously, I'm on overhaul. I'm going to have Robinson and Wilson. Yeah. That answers that then, really. We know about Robinson. Uh, I'd say Wilson, but then I go back to what three Fulham players would I want, so... <laughs> That's the reason why I'm not going to see Wilson and I am going to see Chad Wallace. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> but he's going to tick over for you into, um, throughout the season. Robinson, probably if you haven't got him, but I assume everybody's got him now. Um, but if you haven't, I'd maybe say Robinson. But I can't believe it. Yeah, I like the Chad Wallace shout um, if you're going to keep him long term. Um, next question. Forever QPR underscore FPL and Gaffer. I mean, this guy's second in the world at the moment. He's only used one boost, so I don't know why he's asking us questions. But he has put which keeper do you consider to be the best long term below six million? Dan, start with you this time. Keepers are a funny one, aren't they? I think if you look at the points, there's not a massive difference, really, unless they've been a penalty save. Um, I do like um, Bursic from Stoke. I think the fixed, you get the fixtures and you've got uh, good defensively. I think that's who I've currently got in my overall um, with more. Um, so, yeah, that's who I'm going to pick. Although, like I said, there's not much difference. I know you, you, you've got Lumley and he, he's been ticking over as well. They're going to tick over and they, it's... Yeah, not exciting. I don't think there's any keeper who stands out from the rest of them. I think, like, you know, Woodman was expensive last year, but they were constantly keeping clean sheets, weren't they? Um, I think more, really, just for the value. What Basic I like, if I was on an overall, I'd probably have him. I didn't start with him because O'Neill said they could be dropped at any time and he hasn't got a number one. But I think how basic started the season, he cemented his place. Um, Angus, what about you? Um, so, yeah, I think those are the main ones. The other one that I would mention is uh, Sharkitch at Birmingham. Good shout, but yeah. that's entirely dependent on when Etheridge is back. But well, um, you, can't drop him. you can't drop him. Yeah, correspondent, I asked that question about yeah. Etheridge, and he just said... He can't be dropped at the moment. He's playing too well, so he's a good shot. What price is he? 5.1. He's going to, so he started at five. 
Yeah, not bad. I'd slap them all shout just for yeah. the value, really, more than anything. And they, they're doing okay at the moment. He's actually got more in goal, but he's got Ramsdale as his backup. So I think this is why he's asking the question. Um, he obviously needs to get rid of Ramsdale. Um, so, yeah, he's actually, I'm just looking at his team while I'm there. So sorry to, if you feel like I'm picking at your team here, but I'm just curious because you're second. He's got Flint, Morrison and Perry and G. So that's quite right, interesting. That's... It's worked so far, yeah. Um, and he's got well, Harry Wilson. Imagine, he got, imagine that week where he got those two Flint goals and the Morrison. Yeah, he's got quite heavy on teams. He's got the Carvalho, Wilson and Mitrovic trip up. The Cardiff trip up. He's got a Willikin, Dykes double up. And a John Swift and a Jari double up at Reading. So, um, and a Grant and Townsend. So, he has really targeted just a select few teams. So, interesting strategy, but it's going well for him. So, good luck going forward there. Um, and the last question is from Josh Jones. Uh, what to do with Kiefer Moore, which I think we've covered in this podcast. If you haven't got him, do not bring him in yet. Um, let's just go on the basis that he's going to stay. We don't know if he's going or not. If he does stay, don't bring him in until this form turns around. If you have got him, I think it's a sell. Do you two agree? I think it's hard to argue to keep yeah. him at the minute. Yeah. So that answers that question and that wraps up the questions and wraps up the podcast. So um, I will tweet out the updates from the Gaffer Super Leagues, non-league, League 2, League 1 and Championship. And also for the Cash League, um, I'll probably post them at some point this week. Like I said, we will be back Sunday to review all the transfers and look ahead to game week six. And then I will be back next Thursday with a guest um, just to chat Gaffer and chat about a particular team that they support so I'll have to find a guest to come on for that but other than that thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time